Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about the three eras of a podcast. The intro, the main chunk, and the outro. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. Today we're going to be talking about Signalite, my hack of microscope designed to help you build the world for Game of Masks. Yeah, so let's talk about this game. Yeah, so we've been kind of talking about... We have been talking on and off, <laughs> more on than more off, on really, than off. A about lot this of new on. podcast, and specifically about an upcoming episode, which is going to be on this feed, which is going to be a game of Microscope that we played. Yeah, or which is going not, to be not this episode that, that you're listening to right now, obviously, but the one after that. Yes, and... and not Think a, of that what you will. and But also, not a game of microscope, because right. it's a game of what I am tentatively calling signal light. Yeah. Uh, which is a hack of microscope that I wrote. And so this is going to be interesting. Like, this is partially a pitch for our for the for the new podcast. Yeah. But it's also um, an interesting sort of experiment we're doing for Stop, Back, and Roll, which is I wrote a game, yeah. and we recorded a play test. Yeah. And, and so um, we're going to talk about it. It's interesting because we definitely started out saying we're just going to be writing games and we did some stuff writing some games and so far some of those games have just kind of been sitting on a shelf. Yeah. And part of that is just on us that we need to get it into a format that is pretty for people to look at. But I mean, it's we've got two people already anytime we're recording. It's not that hard to add a third or a fourth yeah. or just to play with two people. <laughs> to actually try some of these games out. Yeah, and, and so this will be interesting, because we had, well, one of the things we had talked about really early on in this podcast was playing some hacks yeah. and then sitting and talking about them. Yeah. Um, as sort of a, like, was we, we've done some talks. We've, we've done some talks. We've, we we've have, talked. We've done some episodes where we talked about playtesting, especially when you were doing some early Passion stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but, also and, usually, and also with Luchadoraton. And also with Luchadoraton. That was actually, I think... Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, there was a, there was an early episode about Luchadoraton where we checked back in and you had done some playtesting, um, but this will be the first time where we can give you the podcast and you can mm-hmm. or the, the audio and you can you guys can listen to it, and so this will be kind of weird because I think what what I would like to do the way I would like to frame this episode is talk about what I wrote, yeah, talk about the game, and then sort of have a hard cut at some point mm-hmm. where it, it'll be a, maybe it'll be a little awkward for people who are listening to us live. Um, but after that cut, let's talk about the playtest okay. and and the changes that I'm making to the game. Sure. And so that in the future, if you were listening to this podcast not in September of 2017, yeah, then I would say listen to us talk about the game. When we cut, take a break, go listen to the next episode, and then maybe come back. Okay, I can see that. Or or maybe yeah. maybe not. I don't know. But I I have certainly listened to podcasts where they said, "Hey, pull up this document to look oh, at yeah. while playing this." Well, listen to this one. I don't think. I guess the other thing I'll say is, I don't think you will. You no one's going to lose. You're not going yeah. to lose anything listening to the next episode, knowing that I've made changes to this game. Yeah, definitely not. Because I think if I had to summarize the way the playtest went, it would kind of just be that the changes I'm making to the game are the changes we just made live. Yeah. Because the things I had written were a little bit awkward. And so we yeah. just did them a different way. And I'm just going to codify those things into the actual writing of the game. Perfect. So let's let's jump into Signal Light. Yeah. Which uh, is... If you didn't hear last episode, I think we briefly talked about it. But uh, so what is Signal Light? Signal Light is an interesting animal of a game. Because, it is half tiger, half frog. Because it is half tiger, half frog. Uh, because it is explicitly a game that is hacking or it's a it's like a bridge hack like it's yeah. explicitly to be to a way to play microscope before you are going to go play masks yeah and so everything about the hack was designed to create things to use in your game of microscope exactly and and so i sort of it, it's it is it was we, it was interesting because it was explicitly a bridge yeah. between two games, and so I tried to take the 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 world building mentality mm-hmm. of microscope, but build in some of the kind of cool history and superhero ness in masks, in and ha- have that translate into the game exactly. So this because this is not just a superhero history maker. Yeah, this 
pretty explicitly falls into how Masks views its history. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you could take this game and 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 futz with some of the pieces that I wrote, but like for example, um, where where Microscope has you build out periods, yeah, in, in the, of your history, Masks has predetermined periods. So I just have you just do those like those are yeah. your periods that you work with and there's no that's, like, what, you that's do. what you do yeah because that's because the game assumes you're going to go play masks and so there's no reason to have any question about that yeah if you wanted to you could probably change them um but the game assumes that you're going to go play masks afterward afterwards so like the very first thing you do is lay down all of these periods on the table yeah and you could probably use that for any superhero game yeah but it does have some baked in genre assumptions that there are multiple generations and that some of them are still in, still working. Some of them are stronger than others and have like really specific, uh, really specific styles of approaching superheroing. Yeah. So from a mechanical point of view, yeah, the first thing I did, well, so the first thing I did was I knew that obviously I was going to be using these gold, silver, bronze and modern generations from masks right. as our periods. So I said, so like the way that I thought about microscope, it is a game that generates things. Yeah. It generates classes of objects okay. that you put on the table. And so I sort of started to think about what are those things? And then working from the opposite direction, what are the things you would want to generate in it prior to playing a game of masks to give you objects? Right. And so the, the sort of the things that I thought about were, Masks or microscope asks you to to build periods, and obviously I was we're we're not going to quite do those. Yeah. But one of the things that it has you do is it has you sort of label your periods as being positive or negative to the story of the universe. Right. And so I wanted to keep that mechanic in somewhere. Okay. Microscope asks you to create periods, events, and scenes. Okay. So sort of right off the bat, I knew that. We weren't going to need to spend time creating the the periods, like I said. Yeah, they so exist. that that level, that sort of that tier of object that was that was sort of um, codified or um, quantified, no, um, colored as good as positive or negative, uh, could be something else. And yeah. I knew we wanted events, and I knew that we didn't want scenes because in a game where you are explicitly just creating stuff for a comp for a later masks game, that's where we're going to be doing the role playing. Absolutely. So we don't need to spend time role playing now. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the periods having like a the positive or negative, if they were good or bad, there's a little bit of that also just baked in mm-hmm. because Golden Age, yeah, like has a certain they have feel some of that it. color, and I think arguably Bronze Age is the bad, yeah, the bad times, yeah. Um, coming from a game of masks, I was I started to think about what would I want, like what what are things that are important to make a masks world feel vibrant. Yeah, because it it ha- there's a lot of color. So, oh, absolutely. So I guess the other thing we should say is we were explicitly because we were explicitly playing this game for a for this podcast. We mm-hmm. were gonna we we made a decision to not use Halcyon City. Yeah, and to come up with some of our own proper nouns. Yeah, just because we wanted to be able to monetize and be able to maybe put T-shirts together or something. Um, and so some of the mentality of Signalite aims you towards coming up with your own history. There mm-hmm. is a vibrant history of the Halcyon City world yeah. in the Masks book. Oh, so you can go ahead and use that, or this game will help you build a different one if you want. There's a crazy amount of detail that's just like densely packed into that book, like maybe yeah. six pages that just every every line adds a new NPC yeah. in like a really good, engaging way. But we didn't want to use any of those NPCs so that if we have an awesome, cool NPC face, we want to stick on something, we yeah. can do it without having to feel awkward with Magpie. And so I sort of thought, I said, I'm, I said to myself, as I was writing this game, I'm Brandon, I'm GMing this game of Masks. Wait, you said, you said to yourself. Yes. I'm, I'm Brandon. I'm Brandon. Okay. Yes, I'm Brandon. Just wanted to keep I'm up. GMing this game of Masks. Yeah. What do I want as tools to be able to tell a story? Yeah. And so I knew I needed heroes and villains. Definitely. Because from from every generation, mm-hmm. we needed some new faces because we were kind of throwing out the the stock faces yeah. and and making our new ones. I wanted organizations mm-hmm. because every good comic has 
some sort of an evil organization or a, a Justice League or a Shield or whatever. A brotherhood a, a of, brotherhood evil, of mutants. evil Mutants. Uh, and so I needed something that creates those. Yeah. I wanted I wanted storylines. Yeah. And and I wasn't quite sure how to do that. And so I and this is like one of like spoilers, this is a thing I changed. <laughs> but I created the concept that we would we would create plots and what I called capers. Yeah. And that they would roughly be like a plot was what is the evil villains like sort of overarching story for this season or this this volume of comics like what yeah. is the th- what is the thing that they're trying to do the brood are they're, trying to take over the earth yeah or these people are all stealing parts and the the heroes are trying to figure out what they're trying to use those parts for yeah and that then the capers would be the individual bank robberies or incidents that occurred where there were clashes between good and evil the demon bear shows up for the first time and those would sort of take the place of scenes of yeah. role playing scenes that you yeah. could just have it would be a, a way for you to describe a series of events like you were role playing but without spending too much time role playing right because we also were on a time budget cuz we wanted yeah. to be able to release it as audio um and so those were the the so were supers organizations plots and capers were the things that i created okay and that supers were sort of colored as either positive or negative in the sense that they were yeah. villains or or heroes exactly um and then I left the lens mechanic, which I think is is interesting, and I think it's very. Um, it just didn't need to be changed. Yeah, you have a, a the, the the actual play mechanic where you have a lens who sets a focus of what you are doing for that pass through the the, the timeline. Yeah, um, and then everyone just goes around and they get to do a double action so that they can sort of help build the thing that they are focusing on. And then you pass around who is the lens and, and everyone does a different focus. It's basically the GM for that round. Yeah. And so, so those are the things. And then, and then a thing that I didn't write into the game, yeah. but a thing that I did when I was, when I was preparing for us to play mm-hmm. was I went out and bought colored markers and colored cards. And actually that is like accidentally one of the things that I think is the best was that <laughs> I was able to say, here are blue cards. Yeah. Use those for organizations. Here are green cards. Use those for heroes. Here are red yeah. cards. Use those for villains. That was real handy. Just looking at it and visualizing yeah. and seeing, Hey, we are missing villains. We and need it, another and, villain. And it was actually so important to the, to the way we played that I think yeah. that I need to spend some time with that. And, okay. and, and I want to come up with some suggestions for colors, Okay, but also like, uh, come up with alternate ways that you can mark the cards yeah. because not everyone can see every color mm-hmm. and, and sort of that kind of accessibility, like because it became so, initially when I wasn't thinking about it being uh, a thing I was even going to do, I yeah. didn't, I didn't spend any time on it. Yeah. But now that I've realized that it's, it's, that is that worked so well, it's very important to the game. Yeah. It needs to be a thing that I spend some time on and make sure that everyone can experience Absolutely. because being able to look down at the cards and really quickly say, uh, I should probably create a hero because I don't see too many of those. Yeah. Was very was helpful. Super useful. Yeah. Uh, super, and, super useful. Ah, and Microscope already is a game that has some built-in accessibility issues. And so the more of those we can kind of patch up, the better. Yeah. I mean, so the, the core game of Microscope suggests that you, when you are tagging periods as positive or negative, yeah. you use either uh, empty or filled in circles. Yeah. And we just used colored cards. Yeah. So, I mean, we could, I could, you could literally just use the, uh, that same mechanic as a way of, of, of signifying heroes or villains. Yeah. But you could also just do H's and V's or come up with, I might come up with some kind of a heroic symbol. <laughs> just um, an, a detailed symbol of the Batman v Superman logo. Yeah. For heroes. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and the Riddler drawn full body scale mm-hmm. for villains. And so the, the the cool thing, and this is what I really wanted to happen, was I wanted, from a player's point of view, I wanted everyone, yeah. to, because ideally this game would be one that you would sit down with the people who are playing your game of masks. Yeah. We did it with a smaller group because it was a play test and, and because we... <laughs> because we were looking at a big group. We were looking at a big group. Um, and so that the players would walk away with a series of that the, the game would focus on things that happened in the history of the world. Yeah. So that these would be, the, and, and that it would focus on the, uh, the the big events through the history of the world. Yeah. So that 
the players would be the players as players would be familiar with these events yeah because the the things that came up in the course of the game of microscope would be the things that the here the youthful heroes would be aware of yeah definitely. because they are like the big events in their history everybody knows who x is yeah and so that gives the gm you in this case the ability to me and elspeth um yeah uh, gives you the ability to create new heroes and, and yeah. new villains to populate this world because not every hero has a big moment that becomes sort of a, a legend or a tale that people tell. A moment of truth, if you a will. A moment of truth. But that the the heroes and villains that we talked about in the game, that you talk about in this game, will be the ones that people do tell stories about. Yeah. And, and like, I think we came up with a couple of those really good moments. Definitely. And then also the other thing, nothing for poor crawdad. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> um, and that the other thing that you would do is that, you, I mean, this isn't, this is like not exactly what happened, yeah. but that you as the GM would walk away with a deck of cards yeah. of NPCs and, and things that had happened in the past yeah. that you could literally have as props to remember and plan for your game. Yeah. And in, in our case, we have the recording, that uh, in the near future, I'm going to be just yeah. listening to while while sitting there with uh, our wiki open. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I think um, I think Elizabeth, who is the third person who played this game with us, yeah. took some pictures of the table, and so she I will we'll probably post those along with this. Oh episode. yeah, definitely. Um, and I have all the cards, and I want to take I'm holding all the cards, and so I want to take some closer pictures of each of them. Sounds good. Um, so why don't we talk about from from your point of view? Okay. Of I'm no longer you. You are you oh, again. Now, I, now you are you. Who was you. I while you were me? I don't know. Okay, but we really need to nail down some of these but things. N- n- now really you important. are you again. And okay, we have played this game. Yeah, from the point of view of a person who is engaging in this game of masks, but is yeah. also GMing the game of masks. Yeah, how did you think that it went from for you? How did the design of the game work for you? It was really really helpful. Um, specifically, one of the things I was looking to be able to do is write up a brief introduction to Protean City that I'm that is in issue one of of the podcast and like in, in a normal table it would just be what is like you know some flavor text that's basically read to introduce the idea of the city or that's sent if you for some reason believe that your players will read an email that you send which they won't that's a lie um so what it gave me is a lot of just things to kind of hang stuff off of so I was I knew that I was going to be throwing in a whole bunch of different hero names because that just feels right. Like it you want to fill the world with a bunch of heroes, but having some that other people at the table would also know meant I could add an extra layer of complication. So uh our character there's a character crackdown uh that I was able to say uh, this is the superhero team that he's on. This is a villain he fought. This is a thing that happened with this because we had already established a major event in his life uh, and we already had some background on it. And so instead of having to be like, oh, I'm introducing this new character, I can just say his name and just go. And uh, I think, I don't know whether all of our players had heard the microscope game they previously. When we pl- by the time we played, no. Yeah. Okay. I don't think most of our players... Not for, I think even I now, think now I think most, most of them, of them haven't. Have. Yeah. I think only you, me, and Elizabeth have played. Yeah. Because I, when, I, when I uploaded it to the Discord, I put it in our host. Show. Okay. So, so they I mean, haven't listened yet. If nothing else, it's something that the three of us can kind of have ideas with. Yeah. Um, And so I can just say it and fill in, the pl- uh, fill in players as I go. Yeah. Which is what I'd be doing anyway as a GM. Yeah. But it means that I can start to say something and then another player can say, oh, and this is true. And then you build that narrative. Yeah. And actually, that I thought that worked really well because one of the things that I explicitly didn't want to happen was I didn't yeah. want this game to step on the toes of the GM. I didn't yeah. want it to say, like, here are... A, and this is why, like, the GM needs to be involved in this game. And and maybe why the GM should be the first lens. Yeah. I might add some some. I think we actually ended up doing that. I think we did that. Um, and that worked really well because I didn't want the GM to be saddled with a whole bunch of, of characters and history that they now have to incorporate in a game. Um, and so some of that can be covered by have some comp, like the typical conversations you should have before any yeah. game where you're talking about genre and, and, and just what, what, what your game is going to play like. Yeah. And, uh, to your point of, 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 um, 
being able to move quickly into a character. Yeah. The other thing that, that I, two things. The first thing, um, because we had played this game, yeah. because I was familiar with some of these hero, these villains, when you started to tell that when we, when we actually sat down to play the game, yeah. with masks, when you start to drop hints about who the villains were, I saw it coming and yeah. I actually figured out really early yeah. who, who you were going to introduce as the villain, yeah. which let me kind of roll into it a little bit because it's not necessarily a thing that my character needed to, to like rep, like show that they were aware yeah. or that they were figuring out. But I, as a player was figuring out. And so that was a really cool moment for me when, as when a you person, when I figured person, out yeah. who you were going to use as the villains yeah. and, and, uh, so I, I, so I guess, that, I guess, but, well, but now, now, dear listeners, if you've listened to this episode, you can try to anticipate the villain. Yeah. Which will be fun. Well, and so th- that's the second thing, is that you can, as a GM, can be aware that your players know about some villains. Yeah. And that they may be anticipating them because the characters know about them. Exactly. And so, like, like a good example of something that you could do having done this... Yeah. Rather than just jumping straight into a game of masks, which is that, so like we we created a car- a villain called Kraken. Yeah, and Kraken is a is exactly what he sounds like. Um, they are uh, a kraken, I think. Um, <laughs> they're a water elemental. They're a water of some elemental kind. of some kind. Yeah, and so you could, and 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 they're a big they're a big Silver Age villain that like yeah. everybody knows about. Oh yeah, everybody. And so you could start dropping hints that there is some kind of a water themed caper going on yeah and all of the players as their characters might say oh but it's it's cracking like like it's cracking like he's got to be involved in this because like kraken's the water guy yeah and then you could throw them for like twist like twists do a a story twist yeah and and really throw them off because like i mean and and that is like what characters in the world would say oh yeah characters are they know about kraken and and in a, in a natural way that real people try to jump and figure out what's going on in a situation, those the players knowing all the bad guys will do that, yeah. and you can mess with them, right? In and a I mean, way like, that, that you just couldn't if they didn't know the villains. Yeah, and I mean, there's also just something fun about reading a comic book and getting to a point where you thought it was one villain, and then it turns out to be someone else, and it's just like you know, the, there's there's the the dark shot in a bat for some reason all my examples are batman today but there's like a dark shot in a batman comic and you're like oh it's gonna be it's gonna be the joker it's gonna be the joker and then it's a riddler and you're like oh this puts everything <laughs> in a new light yeah um and so I <laughs> or think that- sometimes it's just sometimes it's just the kraken yeah yeah and Which you get to fine. go like oh yes i knew it i knew it yeah and that cool creates cool moments for both the GM and the player yeah. that you wouldn't have otherwise where everyone wasn't all familiar with this world. Yeah. Which I think is one of the things that I wanted to do with the game. Uh, yeah, and I think that worked really well. I just briefly went through my intro, um, and there's like nine proper nouns that I took directly from the game yeah. in that intro. So if nothing else, that lowered my cognitive load an enormous amount. Uh, I just went through and counted, uh, just in the introduction, how many proper nouns I took from this session, and it gave me like nine different proper nouns. So if nothing else, it dramatically lowered my cognitive load for yeah. getting that written up. And like you may have to, over the course of the game, go in and create more heroes and villains, but at least it gives you a, a starting place and a yeah. base of familiarity with the players. Exactly. It gives me something to base stuff off of. I, if I say... Oh, this person worked with the dynamic blitz. Yeah. Then people will have some vague idea. Yeah, which in fact I think we have a character who worked with the dynamic blitz. Uh, or we? we said, well, we said frequency was. Oh a yeah, fan. yeah, was I, a fa- big fan. Not, yeah, I think they hadn't worked together, but they were. He yeah, was, he would listen to. Her so work. when I bring in the dynamic blitz, yeah, uh, it'll be a very big exciting yeah. moment for frequency and very exciting moment for James. But for James also, because James is just James a huge is, fan. James of that is a character. big fan of that character. Yeah, because James created that character. <laughs> His maybe favorite hero ever. <laughs> Don't wrong my dynamic blitz. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I should. You know that any character that people get too attached to, I'm going to be putting into bad situations. <sighs> That's okay. She can come back as the evil blitz. Okay, good. And no one dies. No, yeah. So do well, we want to talk? About, no one dies permanently. Do we want to talk about 
the playtest itself? Do we have anything interesting to say about that? Or do we just want to skip to the stuff that I worked on changing? I think either way works for me. Um, we did a little bit of like a Roses and Thorns, but I think it got cut off in the recording. Yeah, there's Which a lot. Which was okay, because we were doing that for... A lot of it was our, there. Okay. That I think, I think, we're I think I went last. Yeah. Um, and mine was there. Okay. So yeah, there's a little bit of a Roses and Thorns about the, the game itself and that play session in the episode. So stick yeah. around after the episode is over and listen. Um, so yeah, why don't we just talk about what we what I changed? Okay, perfect. So there were so the big things that I changed that I wanted to do differently was we have at every step tried to make sure we are rolling hard into the comic bookiness of yeah. our game. And so some of the things that I changed were sort of to play off of that. Okay. Um, the big and easy one was that plots and capers just didn't work. <laughs> it was yeah. super weird. Um, kind of expressing the difference between the two of them was difficult for yeah. me. Um, and functionally, it was just kind of hard to... We just didn't do it. Like, I mean, maybe if we had done it, it would have worked. But No, go ahead. But that was not kind of the the feel that like we went for when we were playing. Yeah. I think part of it also is that we described plot around things. Yeah. Just whenever we felt like it. Yeah. I wasn't sure how much we were going to do that. Yeah. And so like you would often introduce a villain and then talk immediately about the things that they did. Yeah. Which I think worked. And then we ended up using plots or capers one of them or yeah. kind of like a mix of the two as like big seminal moments. Yeah. And so I think the object that I will replace plots and capers with. Okay. That, re- that is sort of the replacement of scenes. Yeah. Is covers. Okay. That's what I'm going to call. Because, oh, I like it. Because what, what we, the couple times where we used the seat that, that like the plots or capers mechanic. Yeah. Um, it was to, to talk about specific events that were big seminal events in yeah. the history of the world that would have been things that were on the cover of a comic. Right. Death and, of Superman style. Yeah. The death of the Superman. And in fact, like, like there's the moment with, um, with Crackdown and the Striped Eagle in front of the town hall on the stairs. Like I was literally picturing the cover. Of, like that, <laughs> that is, that is, and it was, it was when, when that came up as the, I forget which of us played that event, but when yeah. someone started describing that event, that event, I saw it so vividly in my mind yeah. that I was like, this is obviously what this thing should have been. Yeah. I, and I feel like we kind of, we played to that. Yeah. But I think making it explicitly the cover puts you back into that yeah. comic mindset and has you say like what is the name yeah, of this issue either covers or the big like centerfold spread of like like yeah. the big like two page art of some yeah. big uh part like some big story beat squirrel, in, bur- in, squirrel girl beating galactus yeah uh, or like um there's the uh, the one that always sticks out in my mind is the uh um, the the alien space the crashed alien spaceship and all the heroes get off and then they're yeah. looking at their scroll alternatives and you're mm-hmm. not sure who's who um, in the big from the big scroll invasion in Marvel yeah. um, and like that sticks out in my mind is just like this huge detailed two page art of like every character in the Marvel just universe just yeah. all in one frame and those are the kinds of big moments where you want like those are and again going back to the creating things that the the players can use as events that their characters would have heard of yeah like those are the events that they would have heard of yeah the older superheroes do not stop talking about those events yeah but also the like like you could see like like that mo- that moment with cracked and the striped eagle is definitely the cover of the paper or yeah the cover of the the um the, the, issue. the issue but it's also probably like a photograph on the cover, on the cover of a newspaper pa- yeah. so like they are probably aware of that graphic yeah you go into the daily planet yeah and there is that picture up on the wall yeah. So I think that is just that that was like the easiest thing. It was a super awkward like the plots and capers thing was super awkward and I could tell it was super awkward just trying to explain it and we just used it as this other we didn't talk about it in those terms but we used it as you guys got the point of I wanted yeah. to focus in on events in the history and the best way to memorialize events in the history of a superhero universe is on comic book covers. And I think that's honestly kind of in keeping with the awkwardness that comes in that with uh microscope itself yeah that that is a part of the mechanics that feels super weird uh in part because it's asking to do role play but also because it's kind of dividing events into two things when events is probably just one thing yeah and 
it's it's cool as as thinking about them, thinking about them as covers is cool because yeah. you could if you had someone who was artistic draw some covers maybe or sketch it out True. or just write it down yeah um or like just you describe could, in excruciating detail yeah yeah which we did and which like we did. and yeah and I and I looked back at some of the cards later and I was like this is so obviously the cover of a comic book yeah, from, from this character's hero. Um, the big, the big event with Crackdown and Striped Eagle. No feet. No, no feet. No feet. So many pouches. Yeah, so many pouches. <laughs> Just tons of pouches. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, organizations I thought worked well. We didn't make yeah. too many of them. But, no, we didn't. And I still want to have a. And so we kind of like we placed them where the organization started. Yeah. But having maybe having a secondary type card where you can check in on like a sh- a big shift where yeah. like here's where a uh, shield gets taken over by Hydra or yeah. like um, the way checking in on the organizations through the course of the history, because they were sort of designed to be things that last. Yeah, exactly. And we did that with an event at one point, I think. Um, or no, we introduced a character that yeah, changed that, that changed things. But it, I think you're right that it would make sense to have, have that as an additional. Yeah. Thing. So maybe a secondary card. As a way to like, as a half card, check in yeah. with like with what the organizations are doing. Yeah. But organizations, I think, largely worked the way I wanted them. It was yeah. we we had a couple that were like we made our equivalent of Aegis or Shield or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we also like we created a a of a, a group of villains. We created other things. Yeah, I think I think did you use organizations to create the mob boss or the mob organization? Yeah, and I think we didn't use the right name for it. I think we did. I thought. No, we we called them the, we called them the Bellini family. Yeah, uh, and that definitely wasn't what it was initially. Uh, I don't remember what it was initially. I thought that's what it was. Uh, maybe it was, but I think oh, I'm wrong. you're right. It was, it was the like, Bellandi. Be, yeah, Bellandi family. Okay, well. but we just swapped that retcon. Well, I mean, we can just do this. we can do the same thing we do with the light, the lighthouse and the yeah, and tower. just change it. We're just gonna change it. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I'm not worried about it. None of this matters. Like, yeah. all of it is. It's fertile ground to to plant your actual game in yeah 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 um and it'll give us the way the place where we can do in the show notes and just have a little box that says like in episode one we in initially episode- said that this was this <laughs> but it's actually this it's actually this this character <laughs> see was episode, wrong <laughs> see episode well, zero. And, it, and it'll be nice because in the comics yeah like we couldn't like when, so when we sat down to record the first issue. Yeah, we as players couldn't remember the name of the the mob organization. So we just said it. So we said it and we ran with it. And like yeah. the player said it, but the player, I mean, like the characters can be wrong. They're not yeah. necessarily going to know the name of the mob family. Yeah. So, so I, I guess so, later yeah. on we can have them talk to an adult yeah. hero. And they're gonna be like, and no, 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 you're saying that. You the Bellini family. Yeah, that's wrong. It's the Bellandi family. Bellandi. What were you thinking? And I don't even know if that's pronounced right. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Um. The big other thing that I changed was I had supers, which we had divided into heroes and villains. Yes. And so the thing that we ran into was immediately from a story point of view, we wanted characters to not be that black and white. Yeah. Especially when we got to the making of like a lot of the Bronze Age heroes, which are explicitly not supposed to be black (laughs) and white. Explicitly not, yeah. Um, and, and also the other thing we wanted to do was a couple times we wanted to create characters who were civilians, who, yeah. who did not have powers, yeah. who did not explicitly fall into the categories of heroes or villains. Right. Is J. Jonah Jameson a villain? Yeah. Or no, is he he's a, a dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, just a guy. He's just a guy. Does he have a positive or negative effect on the story? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that is where I would like to actually put that positive or negative mechanic. And I think that that the the way to do it yeah. is rather than calling them supers, like I, I, I've talked about calling them faces yeah. or something else. I have to come up with a good word. Capes. Capes? No, because they're not heroes, though. Oh, they're, okay. Because they're explicitly just people. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought you meant trying to come up with a generic term no, for superheroes. No, no, no. Um, Capes is villains. good for, here, for that. But um, I want a generic person card yeah that you that can be a hero that can be a villain that can be a civilian yeah it can just be like all the same card and then you color it positive or negative okay do they because like there can be a hero who has negative effects on the world yeah like you could argue the punisher yeah the punisher or i mean arguably you could argue that batman 
is yeah. a negative hero because he because he he's he's an, uh, a symbol of vengeance who yeah. maybe breeds some of the villains that come to be in his world. I think definitely breeds and some so of the villains. Can, I mean, and if that is the thing that is important to you about that character as you create them, yeah. you say, this is Batman. He's a hero, but he's really dark. And actually, yeah. he probably creates what most a- of the villains that end up coming into the city in the time. Yeah. And so maybe he has more of a negative effect in the world his, than a positive his stories one. Are about, his stories are about looking into the dark mirror. Yeah. I mean, we created a character who is a civilian. I mean, this is where, like, we totally, in one character, which we obviously needed to have, we broke everything. <laughs> yeah. We, we created a character who was, who was a civilian who was technically working for the good guy organization, yeah. but had a negative effect on the world. Yeah. And so which, we needed a, a way to do. Yeah. And so that was important to have. And I think it's good that we battled through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, and that is the kind of thing where having a way to connect things back to the, to the organizations. Yeah. Because that was when that character took over the organization, there was a dramatic shift in the way the organization was. And I think that if you wanted to say like, here's Batman, he's, he has a negative influence, but later on play another character that is like, new batman because yeah. someone else took over or the character had like they had a uh they their brack their their they broke their back yeah. and came back as a changed person or they broke their back and were replaced by a demon worshipping templar guy uh, yeah, yeah something, like that. something like that um these so are these the, are generic examples yeah, not pointed totally, at any yeah, specific character just bat themed just bat themed yep. examples um you could play a second uh, character or face or whatever yeah. and say, now they're a positive effect on the world. Yeah. And like from like sort of use them like periods, because I think that in a in a in a world that is focused on heroes. Yeah. The good and the bad of the heroes is is sort of the, the story you tell of that era. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so that was I think, like I said, the lens thing worked really well. The faces, the, the supers need to be changed and allow for non super powered people yeah organizations worked pretty well yeah they I did. almost really want some kind of a like uh, murder mystery board mechanic where you like i was thinking a little bit of that for a couple of these things if you were doing it that way you could like, as a quick alternative you could definitely like quick yarn in all of the characters that are in this super league yeah and then and then and then maybe cut them as they leave or something yeah. like that um and the plots and capers, replacing those with comics, that definitely way yeah. better encompasses what I was looking for in yeah. that. Um, so you're only ever creating organizations, heroes, and and uh, covers. Yeah, and those are the three things, and then the 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 faces sort of can be good or bad, and and like that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think that really handled a nice part of the background for this very specific project. So here's my question. How do we continue doing... Can we take this bridge game and how would we have to hack that (laughs) to make things work in other sorts of settings? Well, what are some other settings that we could kind of like pop it into relatively easily? I think that you could really easily do this to create a world for 7th C or some kind of pirate game because... Like of uh, like the that sort of Pirates of the Caribbean style adventure yeah. is is a, is another world where you have heroes and villains who are just pirates. They're not super powered, but they do. They are definitely heroes and villains, and they do define the eras. And something like and yeah, then you definitely. do have like you have organizations. You have the British Empire. You have the East India Company. Uh, that can sort of take the place of of the Justice League and stuff like that. Yeah, you have. I I think it would rather than having covers, you would go with um, what is the tale that like the drunk guy in the bar tells nice. of this adventure. Nice. Um, what does the bard tell? Like, what is yeah. the, what is the story? Like, what is the way that someone exaggerated this incident? Yeah. And that way, that way, you take on as you are playing that card, you take on the 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 role of someone telling the story. Yeah, and so I think the kind of the core thing is making sure with those that the eras are defined. Yeah, yeah. I've I had an idea. Yeah, Star Wars. Okay. I mean, obviously not just doing Star Wars to for the mm-hmm. sake of doing Star Wars, but if you're gonna play not Star Wars, like you can basically use the trilogies. 
But even if you were playing a game of Star Wars, Star Wars, you have yeah. like the Galactic Era and the Old Republic. That's exactly what I'm talking those about. Those are definitely eras. And you have heroes and villains, obviously, yeah. in, in the sort of Sith and Jedi. Um, and well, organizations with those organizations. Yeah, and organizations. Well. Yeah. Uh, what, do, what would you replace the sort of scenes or events or something with? Skywalkers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if you were playing Star Wars, Star Wars, then yeah, you would say, what is the Skywalker doing in this era? I mean, like, like I'm joking around partially, but it kind of is just that. Like, what is the big, like, what are the prophecy moments? Yeah. I wonder if you could do that as, like, datacrons. You know what it is also, though? Anytime you add one of those, you have to add it into all three generations. Ah, uh, that's good. Eh? Yeah. Because eh? yeah, that's, how, like that. that's yeah. how it works. Um, and I should know more about uh, Edge of Star the Empire. But, well, because if this is a bridge between games. Right. You, I mean, like, you would just have to figure out when you're setting it. Yeah. And do that. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, so I think that, I think that's sort of summarizing yeah. the, the thing that makes this different than just a hacked game of, or then just make this, this like a, a, uh, the thing that makes this different than just a modified game of microscope yeah. is that it, because, so because it is explicitly a thing you are going to be using to get, to prepare stuff for another game. Yeah. You want to be thinking about what are the things you need in that game? What are the stories? Exactly. Like what? So like if you were playing this as a cross between this and a Star Wars game, like Edge of the Empire, yeah. you need to know like what are what are the tales of legendary bounty hunters that people will know and are going to be relevant to the era that you're playing in? What are the prophecies that people are aware of? What are the sort of background settings? Who are the huts that are relevant to this era? Yeah. I think also what it kind of what this game does that's different from Microscope is and I just kind of percolated this thought so it might be a moment or two coming. Okay. Uh in Microscope you're interested in telling the story and the events are the most interesting part. In this you're interested in creating a stable of characters for your story and the events are in some ways the least interesting parts except for insofar as they define yeah. the generation or era that they're a part of. Yeah, we like we did we did one of our playthroughs. I think it was my lens. Yeah. When I was the lens, my focus was on I I I declared the focus would be on moments where tension between the heroes and villains sort of hit a peak. Yeah. And something had to to like yeah. let off steam. And what were the big battles and what were the things that changed because of mm -hmm. those moments? Well, what we ended up doing with that prompt for the lens is make more characters. Yeah. And like in, I think in, in regular microscope, if you were given the lens of like conflict, then you'd have a ton of events going down. Yeah. And it, and that focus had us create, like I created an event, but but somebody else and I, I created an event and a and a villain. Yeah, and but it focused us on things. It, it helped us focus on. We focused on the characters because you're right. Like the focus was entirely on the characters and the organizations we created, yeah. and the events were there as ways to show how they interact with each other. Yeah, exactly. That was interesting. Yeah, it wasn't the the yeah, it, the 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 characters were not there as um a, as a background group of things to use during an event scene. Yeah, the scenes were there as a way of showing off the character of the characters. Yeah, it, the scenes the the covers almost ended up being like, "Hey, I want to revisit this character." Yeah, which is why I think that rolling into it and calling them covers works works the best because covers show off when a hero is being the most heroic or the yeah. most dark or what, or what is the, what is the, like the essence of the character in this storyline yeah. is what is encompassed, like what the, what the cover of that issue encompasses. Yeah. And it, I think also by calling it a cover, it calls out the possibility of saying which comic series it's a part of because like a comic that is from, that's from the organization Falcon versus a comic that is about striped Eagle are two different things. And will show up with slightly different uh, assumptions for the characters. Just, I guess, one last thing I wanted to talk about was at Metatopia last year. We yeah. played a game called Issues with an exclamation point. 
uh, by ninth level games. Uh, it was, I believe, uh, Chris O'Neill, and yes. uh, which is the same company that makes uh, Cobalt's Ate My Baby. Mm-hmm. And and that was also a game about creating comics. Yeah. And I want I just wanted to say, like, so like as another contrast, yeah. That is a game that is on the other side of Signalite from Microscope. Because it was the most interested in creating, like you played as the as the creators of a comic book yeah. company. Yeah. And you created issues of the comic book. And it was the most interested in the issues. And it was yeah. not, it was sort of interested in the characters, but it was mostly interested in the characters and in, in the ways that they interacted with the actual issues. Yeah. I, I think actually it's less on the other side from microscope and more microscope, but harder. Yeah. Okay. Because it could really be too, focuses yeah. on like pretty purely on the issues. Yeah. Oh, on, I guess for you're a game right. Yeah. Called yeah, issues. yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Because it's like all about the, ev- I mean, I guess it's, it's weird because it's, it is simultaneously all about the events of yeah. the comic series and not at all about that even a little bit because it's about the publication history. Mm-hmm. And so it's more about the actual like practical comics and the issues and the publication history and the ups and downs of the industry, which are things you're not getting into in, in this game because masks isn't yeah. aware of the fact that it's a comic book. Exactly. Um, and so I, I like, I, I just wanted to just say like, I think that's an interesting way to go with it too. That was, that is another way to depart from microscope yeah. and end with a comic book focused game and a very fun game. I would totally oh, play yeah. that again. Yeah, absolutely. That might be something that we put into the Protean city comics feed at some point. Yeah. Not a hundred percent sure how we just want to, we want to keep doing weird stuff. Yeah. Cause we like, we are <laughs> playing, we're weird. <laughs> yeah. Like we are playing masks in that game, but I've talked about, I've threatened to GM and use fate or some other system. Well, I also want to try out some world, worlds in peril at some point or some, mm-hmm. um, uh, city of mists. Like, yeah. do like a super noir episode. We've explicitly, we've wanted to like one of the, th- like, so without getting too much into it, like we've talked about having a, we have a bit of a rotating cast and yeah. playing with this world that we've created. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the time it's going to be through the lens of the game masks, but other times it won't. Yeah, dread. Maybe that could be I feel interesting. Like that could be fun. Um, although, actually, you know what? Maybe, maybe Lost City of Mists. Maybe just Noir World. Maybe because Noir World has all those superhero ones as well. Mm. So we kind of didn't really have show notes for this episode, and normally yeah. I throw up some show notes uh, for the Patreon uh, backers, um, but I will throw up the game yeah. uh, that I wrote. The little hack. It's a couple pages. Um, I'm gonna probably. Um, I've been going back and forth about whether or not I want to just release the original version or release or the, the text up. of the clean, like, or just like the re- yeah. revised version. I might release both. Okay. Just for people who are interested. Posterity. Um, that'll probably go up early for ba- Patreon backers, but, um, I'll throw it up somewhere where everyone can find it. Yeah. Cause I want everyone who listens to use it. Um, but I'm, so I'm definitely interested in like hearing back about, Hearing from people talking about the game, um, yeah. I've this is like one of the first things that I've written that is like now is basically complete. I think yeah. it's one of the first games that I've I've it, it is the first game and only game that I've written and then play tested. Yeah, uh, and so that'll be interesting. Um, and so reach out to us. I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, and the best place to do that is probably on Twitter. Yeah, as we say every week, um, you can find us together on Twitter as at stop, pack and roll, or you can find me individually at, at end the meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. Uh, you can find our website and some of the information about the games we've been working on. A couple little links at www.stophackandroll.com. Yep. You can email us at either, uh, James or Brandon at stop, pack and roll.com. Uh, we have a vibrant community of people talking about games, hacking games, all sorts of stuff on our discord, which is, is either tinyurl.com slash SHR discord or discord dot, uh, stop, pack and roll.com. You can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever podcasts are, uh, sold. Um, and so rate and review us. Uh, it helps other people find us. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy. Or it helps us change and make ourselves better. Yeah, absolutely. We encourage all sorts of feedback that we can get. We make this podcast and this new podcast we are working on with the support of Patreon backers. Backers like uh, Rob Abrazado, Robert Kosick, Nick Clark, Randy Lubin, Riverhouse Games, Troy Pitchelman, Ryan, Anthony Nomarosa, 
Blake Ryan, Declan Chadbourne, V. Brower, and Rob Harvey. If you would like to support us in a non-monetary way, come and join our community. Let us know that you're listening. Uh, tell a friend. Anything that lets... Anything that makes connection between you and us or us and other people or you and other people, just be good to each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would say, I would say that one of my favorite things that has come out of doing this podcast is building the little Discord community and getting to talk to people about the games they're building, talking about, we've been talking about running a game jam recently. Yeah. Uh, and just, I mean, like people who joined the, that community, like I think the last two or three episodes were all topics that Randy Lubin <laughs> said he was interested in listening <laughs> yeah, to us talk so. about. And, uh, so you can have like, there, it's still a small community, but you can have a big voice and yeah. help, uh, help us, uh, focus on what, what you're interested in. And so next week, not next week, week after next, you will be getting our microscope actual play. Yep. And do we know two weeks after that? Uh, it's football season. It's football season. Excellent. So, uh, look for my weird fantasy football hack. Oh, that's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good episode. That's going to be. going to be a uh, lot of fun. It's, it's a it's a podcast that I've pitched a couple times and that I realized would just be a cool game. Yeah, so I'm working on writing it, and so hopefully we will have another game that I can release the text of very shortly. And then maybe that a year after we can try to make that podcast yeah. happen. It's going to be a heck of a podcast. As you were sitting on the, the steeple of a tall building, cloaked in shadows, think back about all of the organizations you formed and the heroes and villains that you fought and knew through the ages. And don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. Pippin is just licking my face. You can follow Pippin at Fool of a Bop.